This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And as you might know, folks, this is the last week of Jurassic Park Minute. And being the last week, we wanted to save a super special guest here to have on the show. We want to welcome Nate uh, all the way over from Jurassic June. Nate, thank you so much for joining us on the show, on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, some some of our listeners out there probably have heard of Jurassic June, but uh, could you kind of give us a recap of how that got started and what exactly it is? Sure, sure. So uh, it started a couple years ago um, just as a joke. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different, uh, you know, fan-made holidays for different uh, different films, etc. Um, but on May the 4th, as you guys know, Star Wars Day, um, everyone goes around saying, may the 4th be with you. And I said, you know, why doesn't Jurassic Park, uh, all-time classic, one of my, my favorite films, uh, why doesn't it have anything? And so some guys and I online were just joking, uh, be like, Dude, yeah, what about, like, uh, hashtag Jurassic June? It's like a whole month. And uh, what was a joke later became reality. And uh, and so, yeah, it's been really cool. Um, I think this is going to be our fourth June, uh, a fourth, fourth Jurassic June. And um, so basically uh, the long and short of it is a lot of uh, just – dinosaur fun for the month that we do a bunch of giveaways um a couple uh, a couple years ago we gave away just some giant prize pack jurassic park toys um the uh, replica cryo can from the film and uh you know some fun stuff like that we've teamed up with uh some old uh some of the guys that used to do animatronics on the first movie um and uh just had some cool opportunities to come out of it um, as well. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a bit long-winded, but the long and short, <laughs> the main point is it's a, just a fun month of all things dinosaurs. So it's really cool when a lot of movies, uh, classic movies have their own time like this, like star Wars has made the fourth aliens has recently started its own day, uh, based, I think, what is it? April 26th. Um, and then there's also back to the future day, which came out recently. So it's yeah. Jurassic Park doesn't just have a day. It's got a month. That's right. So, and I think that's fitting, you know, damn straight. <laughs> yeah. We're not, uh, we're not messing around with just one day. That's none of that yeah. nonsense. So. That's awesome. Well, do you guys want to go ahead and get into the minute? Sure. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. In the previous minute, we saw Lex get the computer system back up and running. As the minute ended, Grant told Hammond that the power was back on and asked him to contact the mainland and ask for helicopters. At minute 115, the sound of crashing glass can be heard as Ellie screams at the raptors coming through the glass. Grant raises his shotgun and fires. We cut to Hammond, who screams as he hears what's going on. At 115.04, we cut to a shot of bullet holes through glass. Grant drops the shotgun to the ground. A shadow can be seen passing over the discarded weapon. At 115.10, we see that Grant has set up a ladder and that everyone is using it to escape through the ceiling. At 1.15.15, the raptor smashes through the glass and lands by two computer terminals. Grant kicks the ladder away and makes his way to the ceiling. The raptor looks up and shrieks as the survivors make their escape. Grant looks through the ceiling and sees an air duct. At 1.15.27, we see the raptor watch the ceiling as a repetition of gene sequences is projected onto her face. The raptor examines the ceiling as the sound of Lex, Tim, Ellie, and Grant bumping their way around the ceiling can be heard. 
At 115.38, as Lex crosses over a ceiling tile, the raptor pops its head up, causing her to be lifted into the air. Grant kicks the raptor in the face a few times, causing it to plunge to the floor below taking Lex down with it. Lex grabs onto the edge of the ceiling. Grant and Ellie grab Lex and pull her back up to the ceiling, just as the raptor leaps up and almost bites her leg. At 115.55, Grant, Ellie, Lex, and Tim make their escape through the air duct. And thus ends Minute 115 of Jurassic Park. Yeah, so Brady, I think we've been talking about the last couple of minutes how the end of this movie kind of picks up and doesn't let go at all. It's it's very much a very, like an action-centric chase scene here at the very end of the movie. And we yeah. kind of got a little bit of a break before this where Grant confirms that the phones are working again and asks Hammond to come to have the helicopter come get everybody. Uh, but this one really really kind of jumps straight into it. In fact, they have some very clever editing here at the beginning because, you know, we hear the sound of the gun going off, then we cut to the window with the bullet holes in it, and then I don't think you see Grant again for a few seconds until he kicks that ladder down. It's a lot of cuts of, like, stunt doubles running around, climbing up ladders, the shotgun laying on the floor. So, as an editor, do you think that this was them maybe not getting enough coverage during those shots and trying to come up with a creative way to connect the scenes together? First off, it could be that, and I I really embrace moments like that where you go out, you get your material, and then you come back in the editing room, and you're like, crap, I don't have enough, so you got to get real creative with it. Uh, Michael Kahn, uh, Spielberg's editor that he always works with, does a lot of cool stuff with Jurassic Park. I don't think that's what's going on here. I think we're deliberately being set up to think something terrible has happened. You know, we got... Uh, it's going to come through the glass. We hear the glass break. Grant pulls up a shotgun. And then we get all we get is you know the audio through the telephone. And there's nothing Hammond can do except listen. Uh, then what do we do? We cut to the shotgun laying in the ground. No bullets left. And all that. And where are they going to go in this room? So I think it's deliberate that we don't see what happened to our hero necessarily for a few seconds. I do have some thoughts on what Hammond is saying right here. If you turn... I have always thought he says... You know, he screams, don't. He hears the gunshots and screams, don't. You know, he does not want his babies, these these raptors, shot. And uh, sometime later, I turn on the subtitles and he's saying, Grant, as in, Grant, you know, don't die, or basically. And I think it's so much more compelling for him to, being, to be saying, don't. And there was, before they came up with the idea to have the T-Rex come in and save the day at the end, they were going to have the Raptors closing in on the on the group, and then Hammond was just going to start like shooting them with a gun, and have had some kind of an arc there where he realizes, you know, oh, human life is worth saving and all that. Right. So, um, I, I guess in my head canon, I go with him saying "don't," but uh, it's just a little more compelling to me. So that's the long-winded answer. Yeah. What do you guys think? <laughs> Well, I, th- I think there is some merit to that because one of the things that never really occurred to me, and, and Nate, you might have some thoughts on this too, you know, I'm sure that we're probably all around the same age group where we saw this movie when we were a lot younger, and I'm sure, I know I was caught up in the adventure aspect of it and just how cool of a movie it was. I wasn't putting the connective, uh, the connected tissue on the character development together until we did this experiment of watching the movie minute by minute, and it's pretty clear that Hammond, at least in one early draft of the script, I'm assuming here, uh, was a little bit more like the Hammond in the book. It was a little bit right. more focused on his investment and what the dinosaurs meant to him financially. And I think you see a little bit of a softening of Hammond here in the movie. But uh, Brady, I think what you're saying there, it could be taking either way. It could be the Hammond who is uh, caught up in the fact that his investment is there, or it could be the Hammond who is scared for the lives of his grandchildren and, and Grant you know, and, and Ellie. And I think at this point, him saying Grant 
works in this movie it it works and that's probably what it's supposed to be you know is is this guy does have more concern now for the people in the situation as opposed to the raptors uh i used to work for a for the toy store and the woman who ran it oh my god she was a witch and one time we were in the back and somebody dropped like a soft drink and uh it just started running across the floor and before she could say anything it was Get it away from the merchandise. Get it away from the merchandise. And so this comes to mind whenever I think of like somebody like Hammond in this situation is just more concerned with this product than he is human life. And so that's why I think I kind of go back and forth on it. But I actually think him saying Grant is probably a little bit more compelling as opposed to what I was saying three minutes ago. So <laughs> yeah, back and forth. <laughs> I, you know. I, I think I, I think I agree. I think he's. He's uh he's he's trying to protect his investment, his merchandise, the Raptors. He's not, you know, very like he cares about maybe two of the people there, and that's his grandkids. Right. But beyond that, I, I think he's yelling like Grant, stop, don't do it. Like yeah, that's that's my opinion. I think great. He's, yeah. So everybody wins, <laughs> except for <laughs> except for the Raptor that got shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, now, um, Nate, now, uh, did you happen to read the book Jurassic Park before you saw the movie? Um, okay, so here, here's a little something. Um, <laughs> you, we are probably of the of similar age, um, and so we probably saw the movie. I probably saw it maybe a little later because Dad took us when I was like seven, and we had to leave because I was terrified. <laughs> oh wow! So, no. so, so we we went to go see Beethoven Second in sec- instead. <laughs> well, that, that's a fine movie wow. as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, classic. And so uh, and so, uh, anyways, uh, you know, I I I probably saw it. I don't know how much later than, um, but yeah, uh, I. I then later, as an adult, read the books. I, I like his his character arc a little bit. Like it still leaves you a little bit. Like all right, he could have. And then you know, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But Lost World, he he's still up to it. You know, like he's yeah, he's still yeah. backing at it. So um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's, but yeah, I, I, I like. I think I like the Hammond in the book a little bit more. It's definitely a layered character there, but I think they tried to add. They tried to add some nuance to the character in the movie, where he was a little bit more aloof and whimsical, and maybe not aware of real world consequences. You know, when you get to like the level of a guy like a John Hammond, like a multi billionaire head of a massive company like this, you're not playing on the same level as like all of us scrubs down here who actually do like real work. You know, and because of that, I think you view the entire world at like this like thirty thousand foot view where you don't get to see the little machinations of everything going on. And because of that, uh, you're a little bit more, like like I said, aloof. You know, like he's he's interested in like the fact that everybody's going to have a good time while they're, while they're there without worrying about the real world consequences. And we have that beautiful scene between him and Ellie Sattler eating the ice cream, you know, where it's like she has to tell him like, and people are dying, there's real world consequences here. And I'm not sure that even with the uh, amazing performance that Richard Attenborough gives in this movie that all of that nuance comes across in the character because it's yeah. just, uh, I think that Steven Spielberg and Richard Attenborough had this idea that they were going to, I think that they did their best and they did a fantastic job with the character, but I think some of that stuff doesn't come across as well as if he was just a, a, a money grud, a, a money grubbing villain, you know, who just wanted to protect his mm-hmm. property. So, yeah, but um, yeah, we also well, get kind of a, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, keep going. Uh, I was going to say, we get 
kind of an odd moment in this uh, scene, which probably or this minute, which probably read a little bit better on set, which is when the Velociraptor is looking up at the ceiling, and he's kind yeah. of like following. Excuse me, she's following the noise of everybody walking across the ceiling tiles, and we get that display of the GATC. Uh, like gene sequencing, like reflected on its face, mm-hmm. and I guess the implication is there of there is that she smashed one of the computer monitors when she jumped across. And it's projecting a gene sequencing code on her face, but I don't know that that stuff would have had really any place there in the command center. You know, that yeah. stuff is probably more like you know what what uh, it, where, where do we need to restock merchandising at what part in the park? You know, or like what part yeah. has electricity or something like that. But uh, but it does make that. for a very cool visual. Yeah, I've always just kind of seen it as like a visual and that's it. And it is out of place, but, you know, it's one of those things that, and I know there's another example of this somewhere out there. Uh, okay, okay, here we go. Um, Frodo Baggins holds up the ring at one point in Fellowship of the Ring and the writing on it is projected back on his face. Now, I know it's a little bit different in that movie because it's a little, you know, fantastical, so it might work in that story. But uh, it's just an effect. It's something that's there you know, it's just a visual and that's it. So, but it is out of place in, in this movie, I think. It's still cool looking. <laughs> Growing up, yeah. I always thought that it said, attack, attack, attack. Oh, really? It does yeah. kind of look it's like that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like one of those, like, and maybe that was, that probably wasn't what they are going for. But as a kid, I was like, I just, I thought it was like a, oh yeah, because he's about to attack. <laughs> 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 Uh, clearly, yeah. you know, I can't spell, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, watching it on a, um, a pan and scan or like even a DVD, like four by three TV, uh, like when I'm sure we were watching this the majority of the times, uh, it doesn't really read as well as in, on HD, you know, sure, or on sure. a, you know, blown up on a big TV. So I, I could totally see that that would be, that would make sense. Uh, yeah. 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 So like, uh, all great monster movies of this, like there's gotta be a scene where people are crawling through air ducts. Like you see yeah. alien <laughs> aliens. I remember in Sequest. Oh my god, I loved Sequest back in the day. There was an episode where we got to crawl through some ducks, and it <laughs> served no purpose. But uh, it's I don't know. I think it's funny that they have to do it in this movie, and that's the end of that thought. So yeah, well, see, and we also have. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nate. <laughs> I was just gonna say, see if you had dinosaurs in the air duct scene in Die Hard, I would have been even more in. So right, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> having to crawl flicks, across glass yeah he flicks a lighter on and then there's just a raptor standing right there yeah, yeah. <laughs> money what were you gonna that's, that's the uh the the dark secret of the nakamoto plaza is that they actually had dinosaurs <laughs> running around inside the air ducts yeah <laughs> there's a little bit of a strange moment in here and i don't know if on this version of the movie they maybe cleaned up the effect but whenever lex is popped uh, the raptor pops up and she it comes back down and she falls through the ceiling tile that, of course, is a double doing that work right there. And I remember in the actual film, she looks up for a second, and there was this horribly matted-on like version of Ariana Richards' face onto the stunt double. And when I was watching this today, it looked like it was a little bit cleaned up. Brady, do you know if they did any effect work to go back and fix that? That, that I don't know if they went back and fixed it, but it is mm-hmm. the actress falling, and then they pull it right back up. And uh, it does kind of take me out of this amazing moment, because every time that raptor jumps back up and almost snatches her, it's you know it's uh, it works every time um but no as far as like them cleaning up that spot I, I don't know that they've really done a whole lot to jurassic park in terms of kind of souping it up um and you know i mean obviously for blu-ray releases and things like that it looks incredible but aside from that i don't think there's been a whole lot of work done uh something i do think is pretty cool just to backtrack for a second 
um, we get to see as as the movie progresses right here, the Raptors are showing more and more and more cunning. Uh, he sees the ceiling tiles and how fast they're going and like the sequence of which they're in. And that's how he knows to jump up in between them so he can get Grant if he wants or the kids and Ellie if he wants. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of a, um, a moment in Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indy is on his horse and he sees the, the truck with the Ark and the uh, sort of caravan there. And he times it so that he goes down in between two of the cars so that one of them can't shoot the other one because it'll end up shooting all of the other Nazis. So he kind of like guards himself by doing that. And I just, it's interesting that he times it like that. And I guess it's kind of similar that the Raptors timing it right here to, you know, I don't know, get the best uh, meal that he can. He can have all the options he wants. (laughs) Yeah. I guess my only other question with that that tile that ceiling tile sequence is: do you, Was it standing on something? Did I miss that when it fell? Because otherwise, I don't know that there was anything. Yeah, you know, I, like okay. Well, you than, do see it's it's very quick. Whenever its head pops up through, you see. I, I did not notice it ever until today. Taking notes, its hands go up too, and it's hanging onto the thing. So I guess oh, it just okay. jumped up there and grabbed it, but. uh you know, I don't, it's a cool moment of Grant stepping up again and kicking the thing in the face. Um, I remember whenever we went and saw the re-release, that got a big applause. You know, the only other note I have for the minute is Lex's face just looks weird. That's, that's literally what it says. <laughs> I do think yeah. they may have retouched it because yeah. I remember, I just remember early on, this, that that is one of the most strikingly obvious. Like yeah. you, can, yeah. you can create, you know, fully computer generated dinosaurs, but that still uh-huh. looks crazy, you know, just, yeah. just looks bad. And so I think they may have, uh, this is just my opinion, no source here, but I do think they may have cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah. It definitely well, feels like so, that, cause... you know, seeing uh, some of the facial recreation that they've done in, in rogue one recently, is very stark to go from that Lex, you know, face matted on something to a recreation of a dead actor, you know, for that movie. It's like, we've come a very sure. long way <laughs> as far as that stuff goes, but it's, you know, That's something arguable. about, I don't know, like that shot of her face. It's really weird. I don't know how, if they came back afterwards and they were like, Ariana, we need for you to pose for the camera. We're going to take a digital photo or something, but there's almost like a shadow across her face or as far as I remember it in the original version. And it's kind of like out of focus and maybe kind of pixelated a little bit, but it's definitely, when you see it, it's, it's jarring. It is probably one of the more scarier moments in the mini in, in the movie is that uncanny yeah. valley moment of her looking up. So, uh, that's kind of all I have. I, I think it's a very well-constructed minute of action. You did, they do pack a lot into this minute. You know, we have the, the startle of the Raptor coming up and then Lex almost getting her leg bitten. And then the opening of them trying to run away. I mean, they really had to be quick on the button to kind of like take a ladder, put it up and then everybody climb up through a ceiling. Yeah. Uh, to get up there, but uh, no, I think it's it's pretty well paced and it matches up with the next couple of minutes very well. I mean, this is definitely like gripping. I mean, the first time I remember seeing this movie, I was gripping my seat the whole time because I could not figure out how they were going to get out of this situation. So very well paced, yeah. very well shot. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Cool. You send well, us we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this minute up. Nate, uh, you're going to be with us for the next couple of minutes, correct? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for giving us your time uh, this evening to do this. We want to hear a little bit more about Jurassic June and kind of your relationship with the franchise on tomorrow's show. So, all right, folks, we are going to get out of here. Please join us again tomorrow for minute number 116 as we count down to the very end here of Jurassic Park. For Nate and for Brady and myself, Kyle, until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. 
you can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media. Yeah.